Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, but we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pun. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. There are plenty of different designs available, so there is guaranteed to be something you love. To show your love of Dum Dums and Dice, go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. All art supplied by the brilliant decapitated markers. Welcome to One Shots, a Dumb Dumbs and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ One Shot, and I'm here to welcome you back to Star Trek Adventures. This arc features our GM, Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Security Officer Spork, Tyler Hewitt as Dr. Bartosh Karai, Laura Elizabeth as Engineer Emery Tor, and the mysterious Kristen as Science Officer Emily Cobalt. Our heroes have crash-landed on a planet and been forced to fight Starfleet officers turned into Neanderthals? Can they save their devolved allies, or will they find themselves turning back the clock genetically spanking? Nobody knows cause it's one shot! <laughs> Star Trek Edition. Scene two, the march. So you can see the science facility off in the distance, uh, and you begin to make your way uh, through the jungle. Uh, so you can tell this is going to cover several kilometers, and the terrain between you and your goal is rough and rocky with strange and abundant flora blocking the path. So the first thing you encounter as you, uh, you make your way along is a ravine that's uh, sort of a scar in the ground, uh, unfortunately, on your side, it's fairly bare. On the far side, you can see that there's a tree that looks like it's fairly bent and is probably wide enough for you guys to walk across. Um, you think you can probably leap over the ravine, if you so choose, but uh, it will, of course, be a task. It will be a uh, fitness and security task. That's an awfully long way down. What, uh, can we phaser the bottom of that tree and uh, see if we can uh, g- get a... Bridge situation? A, a makeshift bridge, yeah. so to speak. I like that idea much more. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not comfortable making that jump. Let's execute this plan. All right. Uh, so who's going to fire on the tree? Uh, I would recommend Lieutenant Spork, who I believe would have the most accuracy. I will use my secondary spare phaser. <laughs> Sims is just like... <sighs> I look over at Sims and say, excellent work, Sims. You are a contributing member of this team. <laughs> I'm carrying a Neanderthal, so yes, I gathered that. Thank you, Spork. You're very welcome. So I'm going to give you this as a, uh, a zero difficulty shot because it's a tree that isn't moving. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to joke. I will use momentum. (laughs) I will give you five threat. (laughs) That is a 10 and an effect. Yep. Yeah. A 10 and an effect. So two successes. It was difficulty 15. Uh, So the, sorry, when you roll a one, that counts as two successes. Three successes. Three successes. So you get three. If we include my focus and phasers, it becomes four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. <laughs> Four successes. Oh, Tom, we broke you so early. Yeah, I, know. I don't have any more D fours for in. you. Sons of bitches. Oh, I do. I got one more. <sighs> We're using D fours as counters for our momentum, folks. Yes, we have Spork. six momentum, the maximum allowed. Spork, remembering how effective disintegration was on a high level, you make sure not to. Uh, you sweep the phaser blast back and forth over the. Uh, the base of the tree so as not to set the tree on fire but also to effectively disintegrate it uh you can hear sort of some cracking and the uh, the tree falls but which direction will it fall yep so it falls in your favor uh the tree kind of bounces off the edge um does anyone want to grab it attempt to grab it no i'm not grabbing a tree how how <laughs> sorry why when I, when is this so tree. tree's supposed to support our weight i'm not grabbing that so tree. look the, the tree's like, fall it falls over mm-hmm. hits the lip and then starts to kind of like roll an edge you look at it's a tree that fell over on a ravine. Oh, okay. You can feel it starting to slip. I will jump in place to try to hold it okay. where it should be. Can you give me a fitness security at difficulty one, please? Yes. Sixteen is what is required. I have achieved one success. Excellent. So you kind of set your feet and uh, with a... W- w- would there be a, a grunt of Vulcan might? or, or? There would be a Herculean roar. <laughs> <laughs> it has been established through multiple combat tactics and both powerlifting and weightlifting manuals and science that exhorting a large amount of air and producing a sound increases maximum strength results by up to 6%. As such, I will give it a full blast roar as I shove back against this tree that is attempting to roll against both my will and desire. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> with Spork propping the tree, uh, you can attempt to cross the uh, the ravine. So in order to do that, uh, you'll be rolling a uh, control with security as you're trying to uh, sort of balance your way across uh, at a difficulty one. I, wa- uh, I want to help uh, Sims carry the, uh, the Neanderthal across so he's not just doing that. Okay, himself. great. So that's going to increase the difficulty for your crossing mm-hmm. by one. Okay. But it will decrease his difficulty, which was going to be three by one as well. So, I failed. I got two fails. So, Tor, as you begin to uh, cross the log, uh, you can feel your feet start to give way. Um, mm-hmm. It's very concerning for you. So, seeing that the, the edge isn't that far, you leap at the edge, uh, and you manage to kind of tuck and roll on the other side. 
and you stand up and you're kind of shocked but happy that you made it. However, when you look down, you realize that your phaser fell down into the ravine. Oh, no. So, so this is a mechanic <laughs> in the game well. called uh, <laughs> success at cost. <laughs> so the way success at cost works is sometimes you'll attempt attempt something and rather than it being a pass fail it's a thing that you're you're likely going to be able to make but there will be some consequence okay. involved with it so uh, so you're across but you're now unarmed if only you had another phase or mm. great who's up next what am, what am i measuring again for success <clears throat> so uh dr bart you're rolling uh fitness or sorry uh, control plus security at difficulty two okay um i'm going to use difficulty two so i need two successes Yes. I'm going to use two momentum. I want to consult you guys. Two momentum, does that sound good for you? Because my fitness and security are both... Oh, it's control, sorry, right? Control, yes. security. Control is not great. Security is super bad. Uh, I've got a difficulty level of 11 that I have to roll under. Mine's lower. Yours, <laughs> are you going to high road me on, like, <laughs> I'm not going to use momentum? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll use one momentum. Does that sound good? It is up to the decision of you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> In times of great stress, my grammar struggles. <laughs> you are also the purred from Parks and Rec of this show, which is great. Uh, okay, yeah, so I'll spend one and toss it away and take another D20. So I'm rolling three now, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Fuck, my target is 11. Two successes. Ooh, thank you for that extra D20. Great. So uh, Sims is also going to take... One momentum because he is similarly not well equipped for yeah. this. Um, so I rolling three. Appreciate that. Uh, target number is eleven. So that is one success. Oh, Sims, you're killing me. Maybe f for real. <laughs> so, Doctor, you've got the feet uh, mm -hmm. of the Neanderthal. Sims is kind of holding under the um, the, the shoulders. Uh, the Neanderthal's hands are still bound. Um, when Sims starts to slip, he drops the Neanderthal. And sort of like hops to safety. So you've currently got the full weight of the Neanderthal. All right. Um, so can you please roll me a fitness and probably, yeah, uh, this would be another fitness and security, I think. Oh. All right. I won't take momentum. But What's the difficulty thing? You, One or you, two? you could take momentum. Yeah? Just, okay. just a thought. Okay. Yeah, then I will take momentum. Um, two it, successes? Uh, no, I'll give this to you a difficulty one. I mean, you had a you oh, had a okay. good so that's what I, okay good grip. Oh. Uh, so I've got my success, but I also rolled a natural twenty. That is unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you manage to um, to grab the Neanderthal and and pull it back up, and it's just a pair of legs. It's just, just a pair of legs. <laughs> um, as you do so, though, uh, the Neanderthal starts to kind of like shake awake a bit and starts to flail, uh, mm -hmm. and as it does so, it knocks the tree. Um, off the ledge. So um, the tree starts to fall into the ravine. You're still holding onto it, Spork. Agreed. Um, and so you <laughs> you and Elizabeth are still on that side. Um, the tree is too heavy for you to lift. You can continue to hang onto it if you want, but it's going to swing like it's swinging down into the ravine. You, you might be able to drag it back up onto your side and push it across. That would be my intent then. Okay. I so will yell over to Cobalt. Assistance required. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I'm going to spend a threat for this whole... Well, no, I don't need to because you fucked it up. Yep. <laughs> I did that for yeah. you, Tom. Great. You, You're thank, welcome. Thanks, man. Um, oh, boy. So, Spork, I'm going to give this to you at difficulty three. Um, 
but if you can roll um, fitness and security difficulty three, then I'll let you write the, not only hang on, but pull it up and write the bridge. I am going to expend two momentum. Okay, that leaves us with one momentum in our pool, if we're okay with that. I'm okay with that. That sounds like a great idea to me. He already said what he's doing, man. It's all yeah. good. Choices were made. <laughs> they may be regretted. <laughs> Oh. oh my god I achieved two successes And an unfortunate failure <laughs> And by failure I mean a natural 20 <laughs> Good god Okay so um, I'm beginning to realize the more dice we roll Holy shit there's a lot of chance for a 20 In this ship So uh, Spork you're hanging on as hard as you can Trying to pull it back up uh, as, as Dr. Bart holds on for dear life um, With the, the ravine opening Beneath him uh, Deep, deep below you, you hear the clack of a phaser that someone dropped a little, little while ago. It seems oh, been a lot very, of time very far down. Yeah. Um, so, Spork, uh, you, you find you are mighty enough to start to pull the, the tree up. Uh, as you do, uh, Dr. Bart, holding on to things like this isn't really, uh, isn't really your jam. Please hurry, Spork. This isn't my jam. Above him, I am just roaring into the sky as I pull it away from the edge of the ravine. What does that sound like? We're in an apartment. I can't do this to our neighbors. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm going to need a minute to, to figure out what happens to you. <laughs> Sounds like the guttural bellow of an injured boar. Jesus. <laughs> Echoing into the woods. Okay, I got it. Is that you restraining yourself? No. I am giving it my all, as I always do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as that pile of ashes goes on too well. <laughs> okay, so um, Spork, you're able to pull the. Uh, you're you're managing to pull the the tree back up. Um, Doctor Bart, you're trying to scrabble back up it, but climbing's not your forte. Um, you manage to get a lucky arm under the tree as it's pulled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that's when uh, when Spork's grip drops. So the tree comes down fully and shatters your arm. Where, so, where am I right now? Tree swung off the ravine. Mm-hmm. You were holding onto the tree. Yes. So you were vertically... Yeah, I'm like up against the cliff face. Up against almost. the cliff face yeah. with the tree, right. Yeah. So Spork is above that pulling because okay. his goal is to pull the whole tree up right. so that you can climb off to safety. Right, right. So you're holding on while trying to scrabble and find traction as the tree is being dragged up. You're feeling around with your arm. Mm-hmm. As that happens, the tree rolls over onto it. So, so I've made it up on back onto our ledge, and the back tree rolls onto, onto my arm. If the tree falls onto your arm, you're able to scrabble up, but uh, your your arm is broken. Okay, great. So I'm going to give you an injury. Okay. Which is going to add one difficulty to all of your uh, all checks that, okay. until it is uh, is healed. Um, and Spork, do you release the tree? Yes. So I yell out in similar fashion to Spork. <laughs> But with, with like a continental accent, right? That's right. We harmonize awkwardly. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Um, Where is the Neanderthal? <laughs> you look across the ravine and um, Sims is finishing dragging the Neanderthal up. Uh, it would seem that when you were securing the Neanderthal's arms, you kind of got it tangled in him as well. So he's kind of begrudgingly able to pull it up along with uh, the help of Tor. Okay. So now Tor's on the east side of the ravine. Elizabeth, Spork, and the recently injured Dr. Bart, you are on the west side of the ravine. All right. 
there doesn't look to be any other ways across here. You can look around a bit. You can attempt to jump. What do you do? I believe I will be fully capable of making this jump should that be required. But at the same time, I will not leave an injured comrade behind. Doctor, what is the best way to proceed? The bridge idea was really the best. We don't have anything else to work with. Um, does, the, the, does the ravine uh, widen or get uh, narrower anywhere? Like, can we walk along it? Shall we split the party? <laughs> it specifically says in the rules of this game, that's actually not as bad an idea as it is in most, uh, most RPGs. Um, okay, well, here's what I'll say. Yeah, you can go a long ways, um, and uh, you manage to find um, some... It, it's, it's slightly closer together and through mm-hmm. a combination of, you know, hacking things down and, and things you're able to uh, to make your way across. Uh, however, it does take um, more time than you'd hoped, mm-hmm. uh, and it's certainly an awkward process. Uh, I'm going to add threat to my pool uh, for the time it takes you to do that. Okay. But uh, you managed to get across, which brings us to... Uh, so... Uh, you've made your way across, um, obviously suffering some some injuries. Uh, doctor, you, you've, I assume, bandaged your arm. Yeah, I've done what a, I can. Sort of field, a, yeah. a, a splint. Uh, Sims is back to carrying the Neanderthal. You're moving through. Uh, the foliage is getting denser as you get towards the science facility. You get that they kind of picked this location so they would be in, in the midst of uh, the greatest amount of, of flora and fauna uh, on the planet. Um, you can hear sounds now. There's sound, uh, sounds of sort of local creatures. Um, they're keeping their distance, but you can definitely hear noises. Uh, there definitely seem to be animals on the planet. Still no sign of the Neanderthals. So that's a win. <laughs> I have a phaser in both hands, and I have told Cobalt to keep her weapon ready. I like that you guys have become like the two-person kill team. So uh, speaking of Cobalt, um, Elizabeth, you, uh, you're seeing a, a wide variety of plants. Um, and uh, to your knowledge, uh, not... They don't all look harmless, um, and you're guessing that oh. there may uh, there may be some uh, some toxins, some poisons along the way here. Uh, however, you are unfamiliar with these particular uh, this particular genus. Um, you think essentially that uh, it would be unsafe to move through these things carelessly. However, it will take time to examine them and attempt to okay. defeat them. <laughs> <laughs> defeat the plants. Okay, so uh, I think I want to take out my tricorder and examine these plants here. I, I We have to move through them. It would take too long to go around, but I also don't want our, our anything to happen to our legs. <laughs> our arms are already hurt enough. Or your, your unconscious Neanderthal. Okay, yeah. awesome. So this is the first um, extended uh, task that we've got. So uh, extended tasks work in uh, a few phases. So... The first thing you need to accomplish is the amount of work time it's going to take. And this represents all of you working together, trying to sort through the task. This particular task has a work of 10. So you'll have to do the equivalent of 10 points of kind of work damage uh, to defeat that. It also has a magnitude of three. So this represents how complex a task is. Now, if you manage to score five or more points of work um, when you're rolling your... Uh, like in a turn? In your D6. Yeah. So essentially what will happen is this. You'll attempt a task. If you succeed at that task, then you get to roll... 2d6 plus whatever discipline you were using. Mm. Of those, if you can do five or more, then it's known as a breakthrough, and that's you discovering something really exciting about it. Breakthroughs, if you... uh, Each breakthrough... like Essentially, magnitude is a separate set of HP for the the event, so this has a magnitude of three. If you get three breakthroughs, it doesn't matter how much work you've done, it's complete. In this case, in order to get three breakthroughs, you would need to 
beat the task anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, breakthroughs also drop the difficulty. So currently the difficulty is two for every task you'll be attempting, but each time you make a breakthrough, you're able to drop that because it's like, oh, I understand the problem that I'm working on more mm -hmm. and it's easier for me to do this. So um, what I would say is this, you can use, uh, so you're looking at the plants around you. Um, you suspect some of them might have poisonous spores, but you're not sure which ones. So you can approach this in a variety of ways. You can approach it with reason and science. You could do uh, presence in medicine. Uh, if you're thinking in terms of survival terms, spor spork, you could use control and security. Basically, just describe to me who's going to be doing it and how you're going to be going about it. The other issue with magnitude is it tells you how many chances you get to get this right. So you'll have three attempts in order to make this work. So ultimately, three separate tasks to try and beat the work of 10. Okay. Does that make, make sense? Yep. Clear-ish. Mm -hmm. So we'll be dealing with extended tasks throughout the game. Um, this is the first one, so have at it. So who would like to attempt this, and what are you going to do? Lieutenant Cobalt, as our expert in most things science, could you identify the threatening biology? Uh, I, I don't know. I've never seen this plant matter before, but I could maybe have the tricorder compare it to what we have in the, da the database so far. Anything similar, any similarities or... Uh, something, sir? As we lack official hierarchy, group decisions will be based on vote. Okay. Well, I'd be I, happy to assist the lieutenant with my knowledge of medicine, including uh, the ancient use of plants for uh, medicines and poisons. I would appreciate that, doctor. Okay. I'm good at carrying things, I guess. That's what I do now. Thank you, Sims. Continue to carry the Neanderthal. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, doctor, to clarify, are you assisting... I think or I are you be, doing yes. a separate task? I would be assisting I think, her role. Yeah. yeah. That'd okay. Be great. Awesome. I think I'll use my, um, um, you determine this, uh, science and reason, maybe with my tricorder. Yep. Science and reason sounds good to me. So that'll be with a difficulty of two. Okay. So my, uh, science and reason, I got 14. And to support, I have one D20 to roll. Yes, one D20. I'm going to roll insight in medicine, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, two successes. And a success over here as well. We're going to add one momentum mm -hmm. for gaining an additional success. So uh, okay. what was the discipline you used? You used uh, science? I used science. What was your science score? Uh, four. Four. So you get to roll 2d6 plus four. Effect and one. So five in effect? Uh, and effect counts as one as well. Ah. So that's a total of six. Okay. Nice. So you do Good six goal. points of work. You get a breakthrough, so you lower the difficulty by one. Uh, I'm going to give you an effect, which is this is a, this is going to be something that I'm just going to have to train my brain more for. Mm -hmm. It's it's an entirely different system of like having to add like just yeah, make up right? fun, do fun shit. In there. Do you want me to just make a pitch as a character? Yeah, go for it. Knowing we have identified the dangerous flora, I grew up on a frontier world, and I'm used to burning crops away. Perhaps I could use a phaser if it is identifiable enough for me to burn through the remaining poisonous vegetation. I'd give that to you as a control yeah. and security. Just to keep this from biting us in the ass, does Dr. Bart or Lieutenant Cobalt know whether the fumes of burning this plant would be noxious to us or anything like that, just to keep that from happening as a result? Uh, cool. I'll give you the effect that, no, the spores, if the, as long as the spores have not been the released, inert. they burn in... They burn clean, yeah. so to speak? Yeah. Okay. I will attempt a clean burn... Okay. At maximum setting. Excellent point, Doctor. Okay, so I uh, stand behind Spork. <laughs> so that's uh, control plus security at a difficulty of one, please. 
two failures. <laughs> oh my God. So I start a wildfire. <laughs> uh, Spork, as as you uh, as you fire, um, you know the there's a sort of a, a crack of ion storm lightning, and a, a light rain begins to fall. And any, any traction you were gaining with the uh, the phaser isn't working the way you'd hoped. So you have one re- attempt remaining. Unpredictable. If any of you would like to attempt again, you do so at plus one difficulty because the idea being that we work as a team, don't work individually. Now, I won't count that towards your assisting because mm. that seemed like a separate thing. What if we try again? Is there any like canopy cover with trees or anything? We could so maybe it'd be drier under there. Uh, the tree, it's it's not the foliage isn't, uh, no, isn't deep like enough. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's think like sort of short. Hmm. I, I'm thinking these as like susical trees. Yeah. So you know they're they're around. They're at odd angles. Doesn't look like uh, you get canopy cover. Dr. Bart looks at his, his, his broken arm and just kind of muses aloud, like, you know, what if we had to cut down another tree and just roll it in front of us, flattening the vegetation? Small section of, of log? Wouldn't have to be the whole tree or anything? Lieutenant Cobalt, with your knowledge of the flora, do you believe that would be effective? Spork, I don't, I don't know if that would really work. I don't think that's very effective because then we're still walking over the vegetation after we've rolled over it, but... Perhaps if two of us focused our phaser beams or three of us at a single point. Do we believe that overloading a phaser and causing it to explode could clear a path through the center of the vegetation? That sounds a little dangerous, Spork. I have expertise in guerrilla fighting. I am familiar with this tactic. I'd give it to you as daring with security with your focus for jerry-rigging the the phaser, if you want. I believe that could work. Lieutenant Tor, could you assist me with guaranteeing this overload goes well. Um, absolutely. I do have, I have some knowledge of, well, quite a bit of knowledge of energy system and, and plasma. So let's do it. We rig, for lack of a better term, a phaser grenade. <laughs> <laughs> no better term needed. <laughs> All right. So um, Tor, can you please give me control and engineering? So I control and engineering? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And Spork, you've got daring, daring and, security. and security. Oh, just barely a success. <laughs> I have achieved two successes plus a third for rolling a three with my focus. So we have four successes total. So you gain three momentum. Excellent. Uh, you throw the phaser grenade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love Star Trek. You throw your your jerry-rigged phaser grenade uh, into the bushes, and Sims kind of looks at you and says, I like that's going to work. And then it explodes in a uh, in sort of a, a large blast. And uh, yeah, it looks like it, it's blasted open enough of a path that you can kind of force your way past, and uh, you'll likely be able to avoid the effects. I cross to Sims on the side, and I lay a hand on his shoulder, and I say, I just want you to know, Lieutenant Sims. You had done so well that I was going to return that to you when we got to the station. Good work. And then I move on with the group. He uh, <laughs> looks at the crater and he says, I really wish I hadn't got that engraved for graduation. And continues on dragging the Neanderthal. So the uh, light rain that began when you were attempting to burn the, the plants has uh, started to pick up. Um, the storm is becoming worse. Um, the uh, vegetation, what little there is left after the explosion, is uh, is shallow at best. And uh, suddenly, you know, the, the strong winds are whipping across you. There's the ion storm, uh, thunderbolts, lightning. And it begins to play tricks with your mind. You start to, it, it seems, 
the landscape is already so wild, but it just, you know, out of the corner of your eye, you see a flash and you look, you think you hear something. Um, Emery, you think you hear a scream in the distance. There's just, Mm -hmm. your senses are starting to warp a bit. Simmons seems particularly fucked up, uh, partially because he's still drugged. (laughs) Elizabeth, you, oh, sorry. Yeah, Elizabeth and Bart, you fear that uh, these might be the early effects, the early onset of whatever has caused the Neanderthals to devolve. Uh, these are the, you start to get, it's the lightest, lightest version of it for you, Dr. Bart, but it's just a hint of what you felt when you went into their brains. Okay. Um, and you suspect it might be the first signs that, uh, your symptoms are, are beginning to show. So if everyone could please roll me a control and command at a difficulty of two, as you fight your, your sort of natural primitive instinct to, uh, to be afraid. Hey, friends, it's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dum-dums and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably probably not me, but like Tom, he does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, Third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right, that address that I totally just said. Go there, join Dum Dums and Dice, support the show. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull a, a, uh-oh, a momentum. I have gone through the Kolinar ceremony, which gives me minus two to all difficulty, re-mental attacks, coercion, mental intrusion, and pain. Would that apply in this scenario? Yes, I believe it would. Sick. <laughs> Does that mean my difficulty is zero? Zero. Yep. You see the flashes and you're just kind of like, I, I have experienced this before. These flashes would not scare my father. <laughs> I, I have the composure focus, which I think would apply here if I'm trying to keep my composure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how can I apply that? So with focus, uh, anytime you roll under your discipline, mm-hmm. it counts as two successes. So okay. for example, if your discipline was five and you rolled a one, then, well, one's a different thing. You, yeah, you yeah. get it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Great. I have achieved two successes. So you gain two momentum. <laughs> one, one success and a 20. I've, I've got my rolls here. Uh, miraculously, I rolled three successes under my 11 target. One of them is a one. Now, now, as a trill, if this makes a difference, I am immune to parasitic infections. Not parasitic, but right. good to know. So you rolled a one. I did. Okay. My my command is also a one, so that's not under, so I don't think that counts. No, it has to match, but Ma- we're already at max it. momentum. Yep. Okay. I failed one, but I got a one. Another. Okay, so the, the, that one will give you two, so you pass. Um, Sims also got one success and one failure, so let's find out what happens. Sims shits himself. <laughs> I mean, that was probably going to happen anyway, right? <laughs> So, uh, rolling your successes, um, you're able to kind of keep your composure. Uh, you could, your, you know, your brain felt that brief sort of animalistic blast of fear, but then you're able to get yourself under control. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, so for the people who failed, um, the your logical brain is telling you this isn't a big deal, this isn't a problem. Unfortunately, your animal brain is saying really kind of is though. Um, and uh, you get the sense that you're just a little more skittish than you would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Emery, you've you've been in you know you you've you've dealt with some some intense engineering scenarios before, and you've yeah. you've been able to keep your calm. But now you just you're you're slightly more on edge. Mm-hmm. So what this is going to mean is that uh, you gain a new condition. Uh, so you're going to gain a trait called paranoia. Okay. And what that does is it raises your complication track from. Uh, so we, basically, there's a system called the complication track. Right now, everyone is is at one, which means that on a twenty there's a complication added to you. Unfortunately for you, now that you're paranoid, a 19 or a 20 okay. will cause a negative effect. And since you did roll a 20, I'm going to give you a, a trait called skittish. Okay. And what that means is if you find yourself in a combat scenario, you're going to lose your first turn. Okay. And I will give Sims the same. Oh, wait, no, he didn't get a condition. He's just paranoid. <laughs> As if he wasn't before. <laughs> I see no change in his behavior. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, 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 I feel scared, but also the same. <laughs> Just the drugs wearing off. Uh, cool. So, uh, you've managed to make your way sort of through through the trees. Um, you notice that uh, Emery looks a little bit more on edge, but you know that's that's fine. Some weird stuffs happened today. Uh, you come up on the uh, sort of plateau. It's sort of think a sort of a natural hill that's been carved down so that uh, they could pl- put the modular um, science outposty buildings. So uh, you make your way up the plateau and you finally reached the science outpost. So you approach the uh, science station. You can see that it's uh, taken a bunch of damage uh, from the outside, but uh, from sort of a cursory look, you can see that it's mostly. Uh, dents and scratches uh, looks like it's been hit with things although you do notice there has been some phaser fire um, that's scored the outsides Um, so you approach the facility and uh, you begin to take a cursory look around you can tell the entire area has been ransacked Um, you know the beds are broken Uh, a lot of mechanical gear has been trashed it's uh it you know looks like a riot happened inside here and then um, finally you sort of turn a corner and you find um, a closed door uh, and you can kind of hear someone whimpering behind it. Uh, I approach and knock on the door. I stand over the doctor's shoulder with a phaser aimed directly over his shoulder. There's one in each prepared hand, for one an over attack. Each shoulder. <laughs> Just one. I need to focus. We blew up the other one. Oh, that's right as well. Great. What are you guys doing? I- I'm hiding behind Spark again. Oh, and and uh, I have no phaser, so I'm just going to hang back. Why do you have no phaser? I dropped it, scrambling across the tree. I well, am please, phaserless. I, uh, I implore you, take my phaser. Oh. I'm rubbish with this thing anyway. Uh, thank you. Thank you, doctor. And, uh, yeah. So it's that old uh, um, vaudevillian comedy standard. Take my phaser, please. That's right. <laughs> I am Great. naturally uncomfortable also, with the person on point handing their weapon to a person in the rear, but I will cover you, doctor. These hands were made for knocking. That's just what they'll do. And I knock on the door again. (laughs) So uh, from behind the door, you hear um, the the whimpers kind of stop, but it it sounds uh, strained Mm. and and sort of a, go, go, go away. Uh, hello there. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Bartosh Karai, but you can call me Dr. Bart. You hear uh, kind of a, a shuffling, and um, the, door, uh, the door opens, and you see um, sort of a disheveled um, middle-aged woman who uh, looks to have been lightly injured, uh, and uh, she's clearly been you know, crying, and she's got a knife in one hand, uh, but when she sees that you're from Starfleet, she mm-hmm. kind of like collapses into tears, and she's like, please, it's Jasper, you have to help him, please. 
All right, all right. Uh, where, where's Jasper and so, what's happened to So her? she leads you in, and uh, basically it's a small medical room. Uh, you can tell that it's uh, a science-based medical facility. It also has been somewhat trashed, although she seemed to have locked it down before uh, too much damage was done. Um, sitting on a cot in the back is a, um, a man who is uh, seemingly just in the early stages of the transformation. Um, you can see, as you look, his, his sort of muscles and skin are rippling, and you can see muscle mass and other things starting to grow under his uh, under the skin on his forehead and his okay. fa- his features starting to shift. It's it's much more rapid than um, anything you'd expected. Um, and you can see sort of like, you know, your facial hair starting to spring out and it's <coughs> mighty unpleasant. Um, so her name is Dr. Heidi Ship, and uh, she is the, uh, the research lead uh, here on the facility. I immediately ask, is this contagious? No, no, it's, it's, it's the storm. The storm is causing it. How is the storm causing it? So she kind of, um, she looks to Jasper and she looks to you and she's clearly very distraught and, and, and sort of trying to collect her thoughts. Um, and uh, telepathically, you can see that like her, her pressing concern is, mm-hmm. is Jasper. I use a security override to lock the door so no one can come in and surprise us. Okay, awesome. Dr. Ship, I need you to breathe and I need you to explain to me what you know about this disease or ailment because it might help us save Jasper. And, How and does import- it happen? And importantly, why are you, have you not been affected by this? Also, we brought one of our own. We also burned a corpse. Probably not applicable, but I wanted to bring you up to speed. What is your rank? Oh, God. She's like, I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm the research lead. I'm, I'm responsible for this expedition. Forget that information. You don't need it. Continue. <laughs> you killed one of my friends, but okay, I, I understand. And uh, to answer your question, doctor, I have been affected. Just, it, we, we've been seeing different rates of transformation. It, it seems to vary from person to person. I'm in the early phases. Jasper is changing faster, and she kind of looks around. And she stares at... Um, Emery and says, I, I, I can see the early symptoms starting you. And she points to um, Sims and she's like, and you. And Sims is like, whoa, okay, we need to, we need to go. We need to go now. Wait, doctor, is there any way we can slow this down? So, um, Dr. Ship kind of like... Uh, That's right, that name gets me. That's all. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> Dr. Ship. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if she was the engineer. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Ship and Lieutenant Enterprise are both here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Enterprise really likes country songs and is a weird reboot of another character that was beloved. Um, so uh, she um, kind of like goes over and like pulls a blanket up over Jasper, who's again sort of convulsing, and uh, she starts talking you through what she's been able to discover so far. So the ion storm has been affecting the planet for some time, uh, for about the last week, and it causes different rates of. Um, not infection, but transformation in different people. Some succumbed immediately. Some it took quite some time. Uh, people who are affected by it seem to revert both mentally and physically into an earlier de-evolutionized state. She's also noticed this happening to the plants as well as the animals on the planet. So it seems that this is a, a global effect. Mm. So the science team has been here uh, for the last year. There are 13 members of the science team. Now 12. Uh, they've been uh, examining the flora and fauna of the planet in the hopes of finding anything that uh, might be scientifically beneficial for Starfleet. So just before the ion storm struck, they'd made a breakthrough in their research, discovering that a combination of some of the genetic material from the flora and fauna could be useful in the treatment of and a possible cure for Eremotic syndrome. 
Uh, and then her assistant and husband, Dr. Jasper Conrad, was beaten severely by transformed scientists. Now he's suffering from terrible wounds and is transforming into a Neanderthal creature. Uh, I was going to say Dr. Ship, but now it's going to the time. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I was going to show uh, her the data on uh, our tricorder that we recorded from some flora and fauna earlier that may or may not have exploded. <laughs> not a thing for plants to do, but I suppose anything's possible in a storm. Um, so she uh, she looks at the data, nods, and says, "Yes, this is this is exactly what we were we were looking towards. Um, the specimens on this planet can be used to treat the syndrome. The problem is that if they continue to devolve, the properties we need most will disappear along with the plants." How long ago did these symptoms present themselves? Uh, the storm started a week ago, and that's when uh, when the effect we started to feel the effects. Were there any strange readings in the atmosphere? Could this have been something dropped on the planet? Um, she uh, she kind of shrugs and says, "By by the time we were feeling the effects, uh, we too many of the trans or too many of my fellow scientists had transformed. We lost communications almost immediately. They they ra- they tore through the place. You can see the stage kind of like gestures to the, the rest of the building um, and uh, says, and I, I I can't I couldn't bring myself to leave without collecting this, this the samples and hopefully finding a cure. And she kind of points to her notes and she's like, I, I've got theories on how we can stop this." However, it won't be easy. Go on. So, essentially, at this point, um, you've got three options. Um, Dr. Ship will refuse to leave uh, until you've collected the uh, specimens as potential treatments for eremotic syndrome. Uh, and she also won't leave until you find a way to uh, reverse the devolution of uh, Conrad. Well, we have a vested interest in finding that out anyway for our yeah. own team. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you stop being exposed to the atmosphere, does the disease abate? It, it does in its early stages, but in the later stages, so she and she points at Conrad. She's like, in the later stages, no. Do you have a shuttle? She says, yes, we've got one out back. How many stages must someone go through before the situation is reversible or irreversible? Um, she, I, I can't give you an exact number on that, but essentially. Uh, if she were to leave the planet now, she would probably be fine. What about our crew members? You would be fine. Interesting. So your options at this point, uh, immediate escape. Um, you can try and uh, find the specimens native to the planet that have the genetic potential to treat eremotic syndrome. Um, however, the cure will be lost if uh, you have to abandon the planet. What, what is eremotic syndrome? Is it the name of... The <laughs> I've had it before. You poop uncontrollably. Just, just. I mean, how critical is this cure? Extreme dehydration and death for anyone who does not have access to a Federation-level facility. I don't know if he's pulling it out of his ass or I not. Don't. <laughs> I mean, he is, but I like it. Uh, hang on, I'm going to look at Is that serious? I figured I would answer a question. I mean, the Games Master can overrule yeah. me, but... GM's I, just like, yeah, what he's I, I liked it. The, the thing is, if it's in the book, it's probably a, a Star Trek thing. But, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Well, that's um, what my character understands it to yeah. be, and I have no one here to disagree with me, unless the doctor does. No, I, I'm just oh, saying. I'm just saying. Forever until you die. I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand the the stakes involved. So, aromatic um, syndrome uh, is a degenerative neurological disorder that causes the deterioration of synaptic pathways, it causes confusion, delusions, and eventually death. It could take years to develop, and several more before it proved deadly. For the record, it happened to Picard in one episode, so that's where they. Oh, they that's it why from. it sounded familiar. But we don't know that because oh, that is in right. the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is who is Picard? Do you mean the winemakers? <laughs> uh, I am unaware of wine. The British winemakers <laughs> from southern France. <laughs> that's right. 
Yes. So it's a, it's a, a very uh, insidious disease, and anything that would help alleviate it would, would certainly be valuable. Um, however, again, these, these plants are de-evolving. If they do, this particular cure will be lost. So how about we split up into teams? Two people here to uh, look at the doctor's theories and come up with a solution, and then two to go and fetch some of the flora and fauna. The one other option you have as well before you decide is to attempt to find a cure for the devolution process and attempt to save Jasper. Uh, I would suggest perhaps both. What if I, as the most experienced in both guerrilla warfare, the jungle, and frontier worlds, were to take Sims... And he and I were to go out to try to collect those samples. I suggest Sims, because clearly of all the specialties here, he is the most expendable. Now, the rest of you could work alongside this fine doctor to try to find a cure for both yourselves and the others, along with whoever this is. And I just point to the Neanderthal (laughs) on the ground that we have tied up. I could use some people with uh, science and engineering backgrounds to perhaps get some of this medical equipment back online as well. No, that's cool. I'm just just worried we're not going to make it in time. That maybe we should should just leave now. Sims yep. is like, I vote with her. Yep. I'm with her, he says. <laughs> okay, yes, I, I'll, I'll help you, doctor. I'd like to let the record show that the two people most afflicted with the panic disease <laughs> are the ones that want to leave. Just want to put that out there. Sims, you are doing very well. You have now been stripped of your vote. <laughs> you clearly are under the influence of something. I do not know what, perhaps, okay. fear of your Sport, own mortality. how fast can you run? Stop. Faster than anyone else on this team. Then go, please. <laughs> so I will require a second person. There are 13 members of this science team, of which there are three in this room, meaning there are nine left out there. If I were to be ambushed by nine, I could okay. not survive. Sims, can you? Okay, so Sims, as we've established, has stubby little legs. So here's, here's what I'm going to suggest. Um, if you can treat Jasper's wounds from mm-hmm. the beating first, uh, Dr. Ship will go with you to pick the samples because she kind of knows what we're looking for and is probably more capable of keeping up than Tiny Stubby Sims. Yeah? I will not disagree with this assessment. Great. Um, you guys, uh, So uh, Ship and Spork will go after samples. <laughs> two very different objects out into the <laughs> forest. Yep. <laughs> One of those objects is far more useful than the other. <laughs> and one of them is a doctor. <laughs> um, and then uh, Elizabeth and Emery... Or sorry, no. Uh, Bart and Elizabeth are going... We're going to work on the Dr. Ship's theories with the flora and fauna. Yeah, yeah. awesome. And Emery, what are you doing? Uh, I'd like to ready the shuttles to make sure that we are ready to get out of here as soon as we can. I would like to suggest that maybe we take your phaser... She Why? lost her phaser yeah. already. Oh, no. I got mine. No. Oh, oh, so Sims and... Oh, yeah. I right. pull aside Cobalt into like a quiet corner. I'm like, clearly, you are the most capable in security outside of me. It is your job to keep this group alive. Also, I oh, give her a, a secret code, and it's a security override for shuttles. If you question Tor's ability to maintain focus mm-hmm. or her ability to flee, mm-hmm. you can override the shuttle and mm-hmm. lock it down with this code, preventing it from leaving until mm-hmm. you enter it. Take okay. it as you deem necessary. Uh, uh, okay. How do you have that code? I assume that it is a general <laughs> Starfleet override for average shuttles. individual shuttles. So for one of your shuttles from um, the Moonhammer, then yes, but I think the science team would have their own. I give it to her anyways, just to make her feel confident. <laughs> this is an elaborate lie. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I feel like he trusts me. (laughs) 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 And I fly away. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Cool. So dividing and conquering, awesome. Um, Your communicators can't reach through the atmosphere, but you can communicate with each other. Um, So that is fine. So um, ship's condition for going with you is that, uh, going with Spork, is that you treat Jasper first. So in order to heal him... Uh, you will need to roll me, please, a control and medicine check with a difficulty of two. Is that a three now with my broken arm? It sure is. Great. Glad I asked. Am I assisting then? It's, it's up to you. So if, uh, you, uh, if you are, just explain to me how, how you'd be helping him out. I suppose because one of his arms is injured, then I could assist with maybe any other motor, <laughs> sure. fine motor skill things. Great. Uh, I'll give that to you as control and uh, medicine as well. Okay. Yep. And for me, it's control and medicine as well? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, guys, I want to take two momentum because of my broken arm. Yeah. So I'm just going to do that. All right. Kay. Target was 10. I rolled a five. 15 was my target. I rolled four under under the target. So that's four successes. So a total of five successes. We're back to max momentum. There you go. wham. Um, okay. So you managed to stabilize... Jasper. Jasper. I was going to flip the page. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you managed to stabilize Jasper. Um, again, it was just wounds from a beating. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of sort of basic first aid and mm-hmm. uh, working together. Uh, you are able to handle that. Um, in the process of it, though, Jasper wakes up and he's going to uh, attempt to attack uh, Elizabeth. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing. He just starts screaming and flailing. So if you could roll me, please, um, 2d20 for... Uh, uh, it, this will be an opposed melee check, so mm. daring plus security, and a difficulty of one. Okay. While you're rolling, um, as his his eyes open up and I see that he's regained consciousness, I introduce myself and say, "Hello there, you're awake. My name is Doctor Bartosh Karai, but you can call me Doctor Bart." <laughs> two fails. Two fails. Ooh. Okay. I also rolled two fails with effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, two twenties. So, um, he punches himself to death. I feel like that was a waste. Wasted my time. Falls off the table and breaks his neck, hitting the floor. So he he sits up. uh, He sits up very rapidly, and um, just like with a a, a mighty scream, and just starts starts, you know flailing and punching. Um, So uh, you manage to dodge back, um, but uh, the. As he does so, he, like, swings an arm at you. You're holding a, a knife, like a scalpel. So he manages to slash his wrist as he goes by. It's not a clean slash because he was flailing, but uh, he starts bleeding very profusely. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, Dr. Ship starts screaming hysterically. He takes... Is, is Dr. Ship going with me or Dr. Ship and I are waiting to she, go? She wasn't going to leave until we ah. uh, patched up. I'm on the way to the shuttle. <laughs> With so, my phaser that no one took from me. <laughs> that I, won't help you fly the shuttle. So I don't I, care. It makes me he, feel better. Uh, so I rolled uh, rolled damage on him. He um, uh, he gets more panicked now that his arm is cut, and uh, I rolled two effect. So he's now bleeding very profusely, um, and is uh, he falls unconscious and is on the verge of death. Really, Jasper. <laughs> I, I go to work on patching him up and go into, I guess, like triage mode of like, well, now that we fixed his bumps and bruises, I guess I need to stitch his fucking hand back on. 
<laughs> Except, you know, I say it in a nicer, more jovial way. Why, why don't you try that? I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've got those bumps and bruises out of the way, I suppose I'll have to just sew your goddamn hand back on. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately step forward to assist the doctor now that we've reached battlefield triage level medicine. <laughs> So he will die if he takes any additional damage from this. Um, so you need to do um, control plus medicine with difficulty of two plus one for your broken arm. Total of three difficulty? Yes. Got it. Why are we the worst away team ever? I mean, it's honestly, this was mostly Jasper's fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't blame. Bart doesn't blame any of you guys. This is all I've also, I hope you know, I've, I've also started spending threat for the first time. So that's part of the reason why this is happening. Uh. So you always roll two dice up to difficulty two, and then you get. It, you will always one? roll two dice and then spend more points for more if you oh, want yes. to. So, just, so it could be if difficulty. If I need to pass three, I need to spend momentum. Is that right? No, because you could theoretically wondering. roll under. I'm also assisting, so I'm here. Okay. But theoretically, you could spend momentum if you wanted to. It'd give you way better odds of him making it. Yeah, I will. One momentum, though. In the bank. And I will roll. Control and medicine as an assist? Yes, that'd be great. Okay, so I have three successes. Uh, one of them was the the uh, Starfleet, so I think that's with effect. Yep. And yeah. I succeeded as well. Okay. So you succeeded, have, like, so you gained one momentum back from that. I'm going to say uh, you managed to stabilize him, and the effect is uh, that you also managed to, as you're stabilizing him, um, uh, Emery and Elizabeth, you're talking down... Dr. Ship being like, look, you know, he's, he's a very efficient doctor. This is going to be fine. Um, and so her panic subsides and she's, she's calm again now. Uh, I, I thought I was on the way to the show. Sorry, then you're, you're not there. Okay. So I'm thinking Dr. Ship just, it's okay. I assure you, Dr. Bart, uh, has Jasper in good hands. Hand. <laughs> so Sims and Emery are headed to the shuttle. Um, Spork and Ship are going to seek out uh, strange new life and strange new civilizations. Uh, so you're going to find the flora and fauna, and uh, Bart and Elizabeth, you are trying to find the cure, correct? Yes. Okay, great. That's right. Us two paranoid people wandering around a station each they other don't know. On. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> what if we're the only ones that aren't sick and everyone else is sick? Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> we should kill them all. We should. <laughs> Our Star Trek Adventures one-shot features our GM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. Players Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. Laura Elizabeth at EL Hamstring on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. And the mysterious Kristen, who don't need no help with Twitter traffic. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker. That's M-R-K-R on Twitter. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks for listening. Smash that subscribe button and show your love to One Shots. DJ One Shots out of here. <laughs> 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.